No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where certain Jews are chosen by lot to dwell in Jerusalem and others volunteer. Doing the work of the ministry requires sacrifice, but there are great rewards. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Nehemiah chapter 11 on Simply the Bible. When it comes to choosing a place to live, you've probably heard the old real estate adage. It's location, location, location. In Nehemiah's day, after the walls were completed in Jerusalem, there was no better place to live than in the holy city. The people had worked hard to rebuild the walls. They had been experiencing spiritual revival as they heard the word of God being read and explained. They celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles, and many renewed their covenant to keep the law of God. The city of the great king, where God was pleased to put his name forever, was being restored. But what would a great walled city be without people living in it? If Jerusalem were to be well defended and to thrive as a spiritual and political epicenter of Israel, she needed people. But many Jews were anxious to return to the land of their inheritance, to live in the country and work on their farms. As in modern times, they wanted to leave the urban center and live in the suburbs. Jerusalem was a beautiful city and the temple of the Lord was there, but the family inheritance of many was in the surrounding cities of Judah. They longed to live on their family farm, not in the congested city. So where should they live and how would they decide? We continue today in Nehemiah chapter 11. Now the leaders of the people dwelt at Jerusalem. The rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of ten to dwell in Jerusalem, the holy city, and nine-tenths were to dwell in other cities. And the people blessed all the men who willingly offered themselves to dwell at Jerusalem. These are the heads of the province who dwelt in Jerusalem. But in the cities of Judah, everyone dwelt in his own possession in their cities, Israelites, priests, Levites, Nethanim, and descendants of Solomon's servants. We see here that the leaders set the example in moving into Jerusalem themselves. This is always the best kind of leadership, for we naturally follow someone who is willing to do what he or she asks others to do. Jesus said in John 13, 15, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. The leaders were willing to deny themselves to dwell in the holy city, to protect and serve her. The rest of the people cast lots, which were like dice made from small stones or pieces of wood. And one out of every ten people would dwell in Jerusalem. That was like winning the raffle. But would the winners really consider themselves blessed? In addition to the 10% who were drafted, you might say, there were people who willingly offered themselves to dwell in Jerusalem. That is so important because God doesn't want us to give 
begrudgingly. He doesn't want to have to twist our arm. Whatever we give to the Lord, whether our time, talent, or treasure, God wants us to give it freely and cheerfully and not under compulsion or external pressure. The truth is we are giving ourselves. Now, those who so offered themselves to the Lord were blessed by the people. But I dare say they were also blessed by God because you can't outgive God whenever you sacrifice for him, whenever you give something for his kingdom and his righteousness, you will receive back many times as much. So those who chose to live in Jerusalem were making material sacrifices, but they would receive spiritual blessings. Also in Jerusalem dwelt some of the children of Judah and of the children of Benjamin. Now in verses 4 through 24, we are given the names of the people who dwelt in Jerusalem. And as we have seen many times, Nehemiah is a book of lists of names. Many of these names are meaningless to us and difficult to pronounce, but they were meaningful to God, just as your name is meaningful to God. The Holy Spirit has recorded them here because they sacrifice to help build the holy city. In verses 4 through 6, we're given the names of two of the leaders from the tribe of Judah. All the descendants of Judah living in Jerusalem were 468 valiant men. These were men of war who would be needed to defend the city. In verses 7 through 9, we are given the names of the leaders of Benjamin. 928 descendants of Benjamin lived in Jerusalem. In verses 10 through 12, the names of three priests are given. 822 of their relatives did the work of the temple. And then another priest is named. 242 of his brethren also lived in Jerusalem. And finally, a fifth priest is named. And his 128 relatives were mighty men of valor. Their overseer was the son of one of the great men. Now, I like this. These priests were not wimps. They were worshiping warriors. David was a man like that, who was strong, courageous, and spiritual. We need more men like that in ministry, who stand firm against the forces of darkness, using the weapons of our warfare. They are like our good shepherd, who willingly lays his life down to protect the sheep. In verses 15 through 18, we are given the names of the leaders of the Levites who conducted the work of the ministry outside the temple and who helped the priests. One Levite is named simply because he began the thanksgiving with prayer. There were 284 Levites in the city, but 1,192 priests. Now, you would think that there would be more Levites than priests because anyone from the tribe of Levi was a Levite, but the priests were only from the family of Aaron. In other words, all priests were Levites, but not all Levites were priests. We know that many of the Levites chose to remain in Babylon rather than returning to Judah. Could it be that they enjoyed the wealth and independence of Babylon rather than returning to a modest and supportive role in Judah and Jerusalem? 
Verse 19 tells us about the gatekeepers of whom there were 172. In verses 20 through 24, other people are named who lived in Jerusalem. Some were Levite singers who were added to the payroll of King Artaxerxes of Persia. This Gentile king considered it beneficial to support the worship of Yahweh, which is why he would employ singers in Jerusalem. Descendants of Judah, Benjamin, priests, Levites, and even some descendants of Ephraim and Manasseh lived in Jerusalem. Now, while some people speak of the lost ten tribes of Israel, that is unscriptural. For when Israel first began worshiping the golden calves at Bethel and Dan under the reigns of the kings of Israel, many people from the northern kingdom defected and went to the southern kingdom of Judah where they could worship the Lord at the temple in Jerusalem. So we see that there were members of all 12 tribes that found their way back to Jerusalem as they returned from Babylonian exile. Here we see descendants of Ephraim and Manasseh that were now living there. In verses 25 through 36, we are given the names of 17 cities south of Jerusalem down to Beersheba and 15 cities north of Jerusalem. The people who lived in these towns provided the food for those who were living in Jerusalem, who were doing the work of the ministry. It took everybody both inside and outside the city, to make a functioning and protected community with the temple at its heart. Now, does this have any application for us? I would liken those who willingly offered themselves to dwell in Jerusalem to those who willingly offer themselves to serve in the church. It requires surrender and sacrifice. Many people would rather do something else than to get up on a Sunday morning early, get dressed, pile the kids in the car, and go to church where they serve in Sunday school or as an usher or someplace else. But it takes many people each doing their part to make a functioning church where the people are loved and fed and people that don't know the Lord can come to know Christ. We don't have a physical holy city as they did, We don't have a physical temple as they had. Rather, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and we are citizens of the kingdom of God. Some of us have our hands fuller than others in the work of the ministry, but we are all here loving and worshiping the Lord together, serving Him and serving one another. What's important is not so much what we're doing, but that each of us is doing what God has called us to do. Ephesians 4, 7 says, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. That's the beauty of the body of Christ when it's functioning as God intends. We each receive grace from the Lord to do the things he calls us to do. Now, not only do we surrender to the Lord, we also receive from the Lord. Peter writes, His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Have you received this divine power from the Lord? And are you using it to accomplish the work he has called you to do? But not everybody's ministry is in the church. 
Just like some of the Jews lived in Jerusalem and others lived in the rural towns and villages. Some of us are mightily used by God in jobs outside the church. That is our ministry where we have a great sphere of influence. In Nehemiah's day, some were priests and some were farmers. Both were needed. Today, some are employed in ministry, others work in the world, but they support the work of the ministry with their prayers and their funds. It's not our place to say to one, you should dwell in Jerusalem. You should be doing this or that for the Lord. Rather, it is our place to each seek God's calling for our lives and willingly offer ourselves to do it. It is God who sets us apart and gives us His grace to do the work. Now, just as there were many needs in Jerusalem, there are many needs around us. People are broken. Relationships are broken. People are struggling to be free from sin. Many are lost in the deception of false religion. Our children need to be taught the Word of God. Our family members, neighbors, and co-workers need to know Christ. There are lost multitudes in distant lands. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So what should we do? We need to pray and ask God to give us His heart for broken souls. And then we must make ourselves available to do something. That is how the community of Christ is built up, and that is how we receive joy now and forever. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have questions or comments, please call or text us at 208-319-4860. That's 208-319-4860. Tomorrow we'll see where the dedication of the Jerusalem Wall is a time of worship, singing, and rejoicing. This glorifies God, enlightens the world, and frustrates the enemy. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Nehemiah on Simply the Bible.